You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show, Wednesday, July 20th, 2022, joined by my co-host, Christina Dennis. Hello, Damon Frank. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to you. Halfway through the week, we're getting into late July here. Mm-hmm. Uh, thrilled to be with everybody. You know, it's fun. We we do this live show a couple of times a week, and um, I love it. I absolutely, I absolutely love it. I look forward to seeing you. We mm-hmm. always talk about really interesting things, things that are, are you know, that are going on in my recovery and other people's recovery. So yes. good to see you, Christina. Thank you. Good to see you. I I think that that. This recovery life is doing exactly what what we had hoped, you know, continuing that conversation and talking about increasing our enjoyment in life and supersizing and superpowering our recovery. Uh, that is I, it. Yeah. <laughs> this wasn't around when I first got here, right? So it's cool. Actually, I would say, you know, look, if you're going to order the fries, go big. That's what I'm saying. You've already ordered them. Same thing with recovery, right? You're already here. Go big, like go big or go home. You're, but you know, you're right. It's, it's interesting because uh, this wasn't around when we first got sober no. and so many people recovering out loud. So many people talking about things, uh, you know, that have to do with 12 step outside of 12 step outside of therapy. And it's kind of this mashup, if you will, of things that actually work. And I I, I love that about Recovered Life, but I think what we've got going on here, which is a little different, is we're really talking about kind of more of that high-end discussion. We're kind of not just talking about, oh, hopefully I'll get sober, hopefully I'll stay sober. It's like, no, we're gonna get sober, we're gonna stay sober, and we're gonna also live our best recovered life. Here's how we're gonna do that. Yes, yes, going deep is so important to me. I I and I love finding my people, you know, that also want yeah. to do that, that are okay with having these kinds of conversations that crave them. Um, you know. Well, we've got a, a great episode, <clears throat> you know, along those lines, we've got a great episode uh today about holding on to things before they're com- uh because they're comfortable, which mm-hmm. is something that everybody has done here, right? Yes. Uh, everybody has done. So I'm really looking forward to this episode because we're going to dive in deep here. Christina and I are going to talk about the real stuff that's going on in our life. Also, what's going, you know, uh, our perspective from coaching Absolutely. and dealing and living in recovery with people who have been going through this issue. Absolutely. But before we get to that uncomfortable, comfortable conversation, I want to thank everybody for like, share, following and helping us grow over here at Recovered Life. Please share with a friend, leave a comment so that we can keep bringing conversations up and discussions that you're interested in. And make sure to join us over at recoveredlife.us. That is where the community comes offline and you can meet other members as well as Damon and I. It's completely free and we continue to live in this community. Come join us, recoveredlife.us. You will immediately get invited to Volley, which is the way that you can literally ask us any question or make a comment about what is going on in your life. So come join us over there, recoveredlife.us. Please do. And one of the things that we do talk about uh, that we're going to talk about this episode is this whole idea of holding on to things because they are comfortable. Now, 
you being a codependency expert, you're, you're talking, you, you talk about this a lot, right? But I think this whole idea, you know, we talked in the last episode about this feeling of uncertainty, right? And it's the same thing with being comfortable. People want to be comfortable, but if you're too comfortable, there's problems. There are, there are problems, right? You, if, if you're stagnant and you're not really willing to look at things, but this specifically we wanted to dive into because people, a lot of times get stuck. You know, they get stuck in their recovery. They're in a job that's not fulfilling, doesn't pay enough, mm-hmm. doesn't challenge them. They're in relationships right. that are like that, friendships that are like that. Family members, they have relationships that are like that. Even in cities and towns and driving cars and all kinds of stuff, they're just doing it because they're comfortable. Not it's because what they really want, desire, feel, or can do right? Yes. Yes. Our habits, um, our habits define the kind of life that we're having. And I cringe because people come to me whenever they're, you know, wanting to have that even better life. You know, I, I talk about relationships a lot. I work with people that are like, you know, my marriage is good, but I thought there would be more something isn't necessarily working or how do I have a better relationship? And I find it, you know, I remember early in recovery, there was this, this is what memes used to be. It was was a copy of something on one of my friend's uh, refrigerator that talked about what life really is. And they were describing a trapeze artist and how, you know, we tend to think that life is when we're sitting on the bar and you sit on the bar very comfortably. And then you see, oh no, I'm going to have to go there. I'm going to have to psych myself up and fly through the air. And in this, in this, uh, I don't know what you call it, little fable, or, or it said, what if life isn't about sitting at the bar? What if life is actually when you fly through the air? And I always think about it when we have conversations like this. Um, <laughs> many people have a codependent situation when they get sober. And, you know, I I always tell people, I'm not asking you to let go of every friend of yours. I'm not asking you to, you know, oh, I'm going to cut my family off. Sometimes that is necessary with toxic family members. Sometimes that's part of it. But I really like for people to kind of go slower with their relationships and where they spend their time and see if it isn't a little bit stagnant. You know, if they're, if they're not kind of sticking around because this is what they know how to do, if it's secretly fear holding them back, what do you think about when you tell people, hey, you may be a little too comfortable here and you're not getting what you necessarily want? Well, I think a lot of people stay in bad situations because they feel comfortable. And mm-hmm. what happens is they get kind of, they get stuck right? Mm-hmm. Like we talked about before. I love what you're talking about, the trapeze thing and swinging through mm-hmm. the air. I, th- I think that is good. I think that people think that they're co- that that the security or they're being comfortable in the situation, that they're going to know what's going to happen. If they move outside of that, right? If I take a step out, if I know that maybe I'm underemployed or under earning, or yes. I know that there's other jobs I could get, but I'm not challenging myself. Mm-hmm. And by the way, just to just to say that I don't think there's wrong anything wrong with any job. Like I know people who are in jobs that that they don't necessarily 
it's not their passion necessarily, right. but it finances them to do their passion and they're living a really big life. Right. So I'm yes. not saying that you know, every day you have to be Warren Buffett and go out there and do that. I'm not, I'm not saying that because I don't think that's for everybody, but, but when people are stuck and they're unhappy about it, right. And it's because they're comfortable and it's just prying away from that comfortability. And I mm -hmm. think that people also think that that's going to last forever. That's an illusion too. Even the comfortable thing is not going to last forever. That's exactly. Last forever, right? Exactly. So it's this, it's this dance back and forth, but I think it, it creates an amnesia that it shuts us off from other opportunities that are there. Um, and I would say that most of the misery that after people get sober after a year, it's mm -hmm. because they're afraid to do something because they're comfortable. They're not happy right. in the situation and the situation might even be abusive, right? Mm -hmm. But they're not, but they're not necessarily willing to be uncomfortable enough, uh, to, to really make a move. Yes. And you have to make it a practice. I mean, we, we talked about this in, on Monday's episode about, uh, you know, embracing uncertainty. So when I sit down with somebody and within my own life, I realized very quickly that I, I needed to make this a habit, you know, being a lifelong learner, realizing our brains are designed to think the same exact thoughts that they think every single day, right? That's their, if, you know, they're based on efficiency and lack of risk, right? And keeping somebody safe. But that may not be giving you the, the, the feels that you want or the life that you want. And so we have to actively change it. We have to build new neuropathways. We have to have a practice of growing in order to, to kind of move on to what I wanted when I got sober, which was a big, beautiful life. And just like in relationships, if you want to feel loved and seen, you have to show up and be honest and ask questions. And so a lot of times I'll work with somebody and they'll say, well, they, they're afraid. They're afraid to get close to me. They're always, they're the love avoidant and I'm the anxious attacher. And this is the way it will always be. That is, is not 100% true. You would not pick the love avoidant if you were wanting to have an, an actual intimate relationship. And so I yes. end up being the one that shares that news, right, with somebody that says, not necessarily you picked this person. There's a payoff. And so I always tell people when they start thinking about it's this person's fault that, you know, they're never going to change. My husband always does this this way. I often say, well, you're how much are you changing? How much are you moving forward in your life? When was the last time you learned something new? When was do you have a habit of going in, in my recovery program? I had a habit of going to one new meeting a month that wasn't part of my crew and the people I was used to so that I would learn something. And then it looks like once a month doing something new, once a quarter going to a retreat, and then once a year taking five days to truly put myself somewhere that is uncomfortable uh, and, and allows me to learn a new skill or become more aware and alive. And I think well, that's I love, a good yeah. habit. Absolutely. Because, you know, the thing is, is that what happens is when stagnation sits in, you know, I know a lot of people who have relapsed because they were bored mm -hmm. because they yes. were bored, right? They, they, it was in, because there was literally nothing else to do. 
but mm -hmm. to relapse in their mind. Right. And right. I think that the thing is, is that people get stuck and it's hard. I think when you're comfortable, I love what you're saying though, about what are you getting out of this? Because this is a big question that a lot of people don't ask. What am I getting out of being comfortable? Oh, yes. I don't have to take a risk on myself or right. I don't have to, you know, I, I don't have to be rejected if somebody says no, or yes. I don't have to live with more responsibility. Let's just say if it's a, you know, in a family role or a, uh, a job role, I don't have to live with more responsibility. So I won't disappoint anybody. Right. Right. So I'm in this safe zone, but yet they're being tortured day in, day out because they're too comfortable. And, you know, Christina, what I want to talk about when we come back from this quick break is how do you move out? You know, you talked about how you did this, how yes. you stepped out and you started to go to new meetings, start experiencing new things. But I want to dive into this when we come back from this quick break about how you actually move out of this feeling of being comfortable all the time, right? Mm -hmm. How you move out of these bad situations into something that is going to work better for you. So we're going to dive into that after this quick break. If you are newly sober, trying to get sober, or you've been sober for decades and are looking to take your sobriety to the next level, the Recovery Breakthrough six-week transformation concierge coaching program might be right for you. Have Damon Frank and Christina Dennis build a custom roadmap to get you on the path to getting what you really need. Receive hands-on concierge coaching and stay focused and productive with our daily check-ins. If you're ready to experience your recovery breakthrough and start the journey towards the transformation you deserve, book a free get to know you call today and find out what is possible in your recovery. To find out more about recovery breakthrough and to book your free call, go to recoveredlife.us. That's recoveredlife.us. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show. And we're back. We're talking about holding on to things because they are comfortable. Christina, Dennis, let's really dive into this. Let's get honest about this right now. Um, it's hard, right? Man, it it's is. hard. Like if you're in a relationship that's not good, but it's comfortable, it's not terrible, but it's not mm -hmm. great. And, you know, you don't have willing partners that maybe want to try to make things better. What do you do? What do you do? How do you oh. get out of this place of being stuck and just there because you're comfortable? Oh, well, you always start with yourself. Always. A, a true heart to heart with yourself about your complicity, you know, in this situation that you are a willing partner and seeing what you're getting out of it, writing that list about, well, at least I know what it takes with this person. At least I know what my role is. And then I tell people, you get busy working on you. You know, codependency is, is such a a modeled relationship in this country and I mean, throughout the world that people are kind of like the goldfish in the water. What water? What are you talking about? You know, my problem is that they're not doing what I need them to do. My problem is they're not willing to change. You get moving. You know, if we all hope that our partners will follow us, but if we can't 
necessarily make anyone else make changes. If we rail against them, they will end up resenting us. And truly, once you move, that will change the state of the relationship to begin with, once you're on the move and start working on yourself. And so I think that my first statement to somebody who says I'm in, as long as there is an abuse, I always instruct people, hang out and start figuring out why you pick this person, what you're getting out of it, and start, you know, having a little flexibility around, well, what if this person never changes? Is it, is it going to be the, you know, is there enough here for me to stay here? But I caution people, I caution people about being addicted to excitement, which is something that ACOA people are, and I think most alcoholics. And so I love what you shared about they end up getting drunk because they're bored. You know, everybody thinks that contentment is what we want. You know, we want to be there. But if you don't have a system put in place to challenge you, then, you know, you will find excitement in other ways. Well, I think, you know, one of the things that I always do in coaching first is, and I, I'm glad that you uh, talked about that, because one of the things that I do is I try to make sure that what we're defining as comfortable is not actually uh, stability because gotcha. I think, uh, because I do believe that people in recovery need stability. And what, yes. and what do I mean by that? Like, look, you have a place to go home and sleep, right? You have right. food that you can eat. You have a schedule of your life. That's not going to drive you absolutely insane. You have time to go to meetings. You have stability. We're not talking about stability because no. I think a lot of the times what happens is that, you know, people come in, to recovery with different things, uh, sometimes with personality disorders, with bipolar disorders, maybe they have mm -hmm. mania and stuff like that. And they go, oh, I can't be comfortable here anymore. And they throw away all the stability. We're not talking about that. And if you're somebody no. who does that, you need to look into that. Uh, but I think for me, you know, to kind of branch off of what you said, Christina, what I see the biggest thing about being it, people being able to take leaps is for, for, for them to actually have somebody to talk to that understand what's going on with them that right. can that can help them be accountable and to set goals so that you're doing that every day you're moving towards that now that might be the underemployed person you know I was talking with somebody the other day they're underemployed they've been in a job they could do way better they don't even like where they're at right they hate going in every day mm. and they could do way way more and they could get way way more but right. yet they're comfortable and they're immobilized you have to be with somebody that's accountable. Okay, you're going to put out 100 resumes this month. Here's how we're going to do this. You're going to call people. You're going to do that, right? You have to start making yourself accountable because if you don't have accountability, right, and you don't know what you want, this is the other thing. People are, people are comfortable and they know that there's something else, but they haven't spent, they'll spend, you know, I, and I know this for, for myself, Christina, I have spent days, weeks, months being uncomfortable with something but never sat down for 15 minutes with a notepad to find out what I really wanted. Yes. I just didn't want what I had. Yes. Exactly what alcoholism is all about. Right. Right. It's oh, so true. And, and in codependency, what we want is for somebody else to tell us that we're okay, that we're worthy and you will never, that will never be enough. Right. Because Really, ultimately, what you want is to feel like you are lovable and valuable as you are. 
And that means yeah. you've got to start making some changes in your life showing that. I love the, we can't act, uh, think our way into right action. We have to act our way into right thinking. And that means sometimes changing the people around you, withdrawing from spending so much time with them, challenging yourself, telling the truth, being willing to say, I don't know, and I don't have this figured out. And, oh, you know, my part in this is that I... I can pretty much count on what what their reaction's going to be so that feels actually comfortable to me. You know, being able to admit that you're sticking it out because this is what you define love as, it's a hard pill to swallow but it's really important. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned this because this really gets down to the nitty-gritty like a lot of times what happens is is we pick support structures if you have mm -hmm. codependency, if you have alcoholism, even in recovery because of past trauma patterns, we yes. pick support structures that suck. Mm. We pick <laughs> to be, look, let, let, let's be real here. Cause if people are yes. listening to this, let's be real. It takes a long time sometimes in recovery to find out the reason I don't feel next level conversations is because I picked people that I knew wouldn't have those conversations. To realize that you actually are, it's death by your own hand. Yes. You're the one that's actually created this by sustaining and picking people and pursuing relentlessly relationships that are not fulfilling because you know you're going to be denied. Now that is now that's some psychological stuff right there. It is. It's really hard. It's on par with seeking lower companionship. You know, we know from a social studies, you know, for a studying of sociology and the average of the five people we spend the most time with. And so I always look at somebody who's the big fish in a little pond and say, it's time for you to move up to that you're not the smartest person in the room. And people don't want to admit that they're doing that. I know I didn't want to admit that, but because I was so afraid of being left, I picked people. I mean, how awful is it that I picked people based on their their uh, inability to show up for me. I didn't want to admit that, but I was the common denominator with all these relationships. But I Christina, to it makes total it. sense. It makes to yeah. it makes total sense because it's look, I've done the exact same thing. It makes total sense because if your belief, your core belief, look, you could dress up like you're a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Mm -hmm. But if you've got zero in your bank account, at the end of the day, you're just playing dress up. If your core belief is that you shouldn't deserve enough, that you shouldn't be celebrated, if that is really your core belief, it doesn't, you're going to, you're going to pick those people. Right. Right. You're going to pick those right. people. And one of the things I've learned around a lot of successful people that are in recovery and just mm -hmm. a lot of successful people in general is that the core belief has to change. You know, some of the people in their lives that love them. It's not right. even a possibility for them. Okay? Right. It's not even in their consciousness. Their mm -hmm. consciousness is, no, I, I deserve to have people 
I deserve to love people and have people in my life that love me. I'm not going to do I, that. That's just not acceptable to me. It's their core belief. So I think so much of this, Christina, like we could talk this to death, like with people and we have looking coaching talk. Yes. To death. But if your core belief is that you're not enough, you're always going to seek a lower companion. Yes. Yes. Because there's going to be the fear of abandonment. Also just this understanding that that's what you deserve. This is what you're willing to live with. And, uh, I, it breaks my heart that that alcoholics or people who need recovery are like this, but accepting that we're like this, that first step, you know, in the 12 step program that we are powerless over these actions and these behaviors, and we need help to learn how to live a different life is often very, very painful, but absolutely necessary. We are powerless, but I, I want to say this because of somebody who has a huge problem with powerlessness and unmanageability, I, I yes. you know, I hate it. I say yeah. this every, almost every episode, uh, recovery would be great if I didn't have to deal with those two things, but Goodness. that is the reality of it. Like the more <laughs> that I embrace and I'm powerless, but we, but I am power, I, but I am, I do have power over the choices that I make. Yes. Yes. Okay. And when I, when I know better, I need to do better. And this, and this is the key, right? So, so many people, and I'll be one of them. I'm, I'm one of them. I, I, I eat my own dog food in, in coaching. Mm -hmm. I, I will tell people, Hey man, I suffer from this, like what mm -hmm. you're dealing with. And my perspective with this is, is that when I knew better, look, I had a, I had some work relationships that were absolutely horrible and I, yes. I've talked to you about them. They were based on codependency and everything. And, and then I started to know better. Then I actually knew better. I knew what was going on, but kept them going. And at one point in my life, I had to say, you know what? That's it. And I literally mm -hmm. went in and I cut those people. I said, look, I'm not going to hang around with you anymore. You're not right. working here. Like, this is it. I'm not doing that. I just, and some I faded away because I wanted mm -hmm. to be classy. I didn't want to make a scene, but it was over because when I knew better, I knew there was a time it's like, I'm how much more uncomfortable am I going to be? Am I going to live in this first? I know better now. Now I know better. I make different choices. And through yes. making those different choices, new things emerged, right? Better things emerged. Better business relationships emerged out right. of that. But I'm never going to get there in, in, unless if I know better and I won't take action. Yes. And codependency tells us that we have that the other person has more power in this situation than we have that what they think is more important than what we think and if we can just get them to love us then we're worthy i can pretty much tell anybody who shows up and wants to recover from their codependent relationships and frankly it's usually romantic relationships that that spurn people to want to do it um, that the, at the end of recovering and working on their codependency, they will have that great love for, you know, they'll have it in their life because they'll have it for themselves. You know, we have to get out of the convincing business in codependency recovery and quit trying to convince everyone else about our worth uh, and take esteemable actions that feel uncomfortable, that push us to the limit so that we can start to truly love ourselves. Absolutely. You know what? This is what that is what this is all about. You know, awareness. And I think the other thing too, Christina, is not beating yourself up. Like if mm -hmm. you just become aware of this and you now know a way in which that you can deal with it, 
Like mm-hmm. these are the actions I can take. Don't beat yourself up. Don't spend no. a year beating yourself up, two years, three years beating yourself up. Just start taking action on it. And I think that the real, the key is, is that if you want to get away from holding on to things because they are comfortable, is that you mm-hmm. might need to be a little uncomfortable in order to get there. I think yes. that's really the lesson, right? Yes. And you can start small, right? There are daily activities that'll teach you flexibility. Well, we talk about this a lot on Recovered Life, so please join us. Listen, if you're a member of Recovered Life, you're going to get access to our Volley community where we send daily messages, interact with people, free coaching there. We get mm-hmm. free of You could talk with both Christine and I. People sometimes email the show or send us messages on social media about how they can talk with us. A lot of different ways. Just become a member. You're going to get access and you can talk with us immediately on Volley. Also, please, guys, if you want to be part of the discussion, if you're listening to The Recovered Life Show and you love it and you're like, Mm -hmm. man, I want to take this to the next level with Christina Damon, hey, it's easy. All you have to do is join a Recovered Life discussion. We do these four times and they're also played on the podcast. So if you're listening to the podcast here, you're hearing these Recovered Life discussions. All you have to do is join recoveredlife.us free membership. We're going to notify you when those are going on. You can join one of the discussions and you can not only listen to the show, but you can be on the show. Yes. Come be part of that team. It's really, really, really um, satisfying. And we want to get to know you. We want to see This has you. been a great episode. We want to have further conversations about with, uh, with everybody about this. Look, this is something... This is something that's gone on throughout my sobriety. I know it has you too, Christina, right? Like this is an ongoing thing for people a lot of times. And the the sooner you become aware of it, the sooner you can start living your best recovered life. So that's going to wrap up this episode for Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. This episode's in the can. Everybody go out and live your best recovered life. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.